Hi, I'm Sam Hawley, coming to you from Gadigal Land. This is ABC News Daily. The decisions it makes have a huge impact on our livelihoods, but is the Reserve Bank of Australia fully accountable for the pain it can cause? Not according to a review that's called into question how it's been operating under the current governor, Philip Lowe. Today, the host of Insiders, David Spears, on why the RBA is about to undergo massive change as the era of monthly interest rate rulings comes to an end. Spearsy, in the past year, the Reserve Bank of Australia has been on our minds probably more than we'd hoped for. It's been very financially tough for many people. And we're not that happy, are we, with Philip Lowe? No, I think that's that's fair to say. And I think a, I think a lot of the, uh, the, the criticism... Uh, hasn't just been around the the rate rises themselves, but been around the advice or the guidance that the Reserve Bank Governor gave mm. ahead of these 10 interest rate rises. And that guidance, of course, famously, was that there wouldn't be or there wasn't envisaged to be any uh, increase in interest rates until 2024. I'm sorry that people listened to what we'd said and acted on that and now find themselves in a position they don't want, don't want to be in. People did not hear the caveats. In what we said, my language was always caveated, but... Uh, now, clearly, there you know, may have been some caveats uh, around that, but that wasn't very well communicated. Mm, and Philip Lowe, he's appeared, hasn't he, before a number of parliamentary inquiries since then, and he's made the point that it's not all his fault. Mm. He sits on a board. He doesn't act on his own. I don't take this personally because I'm just... One person on a board of nine and a staff of 1,500. Yeah, and he did make this point at the start of the year, appearing before those parliamentary committees, that it's a board of nine. They make collective decisions, the nine of them. We don't always get it right, but we always try and do the right thing by the, by the Australian people. And I take great comfort from that. What this review, however, has found, uh, and this is really one of the key themes of the whole review, is that in reality, there's not much pushback not much testing of the governor's view around that board table, amongst those nine sitting around the table. Um, it's usually the uh, executive leadership of the Reserve Bank, and that's led by the governor, mm. in this case, Philip Lowe, uh, who will come in with a decision and what they decide typically goes. And so what's being recommended here is to try and inject mm. a lot more monetary policy expertise around that board table in a, in a separate monetary policy board so that there is uh, more um, debate, uh, more contesting of the views of the executive of the Reserve Bank from experts in the field to challenge and, uh, and test the sort of decisions that are being proposed before a final decision is made. Okay, everyone good? Today, the Albanese government is releasing this independent review of the Reserve Bank of Australia. Okay, so hang on, just so I've got this straight, Spearsy. The recommendation of this review is that we have another board, so we've got two boards. Is that right? Mm. Mm -hmm. And we also will seek to establish separate monetary policy and governance boards to strengthen expertise, decision-making 
and bring us more into line with world's best practice. And it's something that other comparable developed economies do, um, Canada, England, for example. You'd have two boards, one a specialist monetary policy board that would make the big calls on the cash rate, on interest rates. Uh, how many would sit on that uh, is a little unclear, but they would be monetary policy experts, labour market experts, um, those who have a proven record and expertise in, in that field of setting interest rates and the impact it's going to have in a macroeconomic sense. Mm -hmm. The other board would be a governance board, and that would be more akin to a typical corporate board um, with uh, governance experts sitting around it. Because don't forget, the Reserve Bank does a lot of other things uh, beyond setting interest rates from um, printing banknotes and passports, managing foreign reserves. It's the banker to the government. It operates the national payments infrastructure. So there's a lot more going on in this building than just monetary policy. Under the Reserve Bank Act, I, as the governor, am charged with managing the bank. And I'm also the accountable authority under the Public Governance Performance and Accountability Act. And all of these things, as well as its internal staff uh, and management, a governance board would oversee. So that's mm -hmm. that's the recommendation that's now been adopted uh, and will be in place, we're told, by mid-next year. I think it's true to say that from a number of perspectives, the current oversight arrangements of me as the governor for managing the bank fall short of contemporary standards. So the proposed changes would help address this and they would help me as governor manage the bank and the many complex and important functions we undertake. So I support that, uh, that change. Mm, so if we had two boards, does that mean we have two governors, so two Philip Lowe's? Well, the recommendation is that you would have different people chairing these two boards. The governor of the Reserve Bank would chair the Monetary Policy Board, mm. uh, the board making the, um, the, the, the decisions on interest rates, but you would have someone else chairing that governance board. Now, you know, who that might be, we're a long way from seeing that. But yes, it would be two separate people. And that does make some sense to have complete separation mm. between these two boards doing very different things at the Reserve Bank. And it seems like one of the recommendations is that these boards wouldn't meet quite so often. So they wouldn't mm. be meeting monthly like we see with the current RBA board. Well, again, this is something that happens in comparable countries. They don't meet every month. In Australia, the Reserve Bank Board meets every month except for the January break. So they meet 11 months of the year. Um, the suggestion here is to move to eight meetings a year rather than 11. So you'd be back to, what's that, around every six weeks. Um, look, you know, in principle, the government's agreed to this. Uh, Philip Lowe has said that they'll consider this and provide a response. But look, I wouldn't be surprised if there's a bit more debate around this. We have a lot of people on variable interest rates in Australia compared to, say, the United States. Mm. Um, and so it is a tool moving rates each month if you need to that can be deployed quickly and, and can have a big response because of, of the fact so many are on variable rates. So uh, look, whether we move to a meeting every six weeks uh, or not, I, I suspect there'll be some change, but, you know, we're yet to settle on exactly what that might be. Mm. And that target inflation rate, which is why the Reserve Bank moves interest rates around to meet mm. that target inflation rate of 2 to 3%, that's going to stay the same, right? That will stay the same. And the updated statement will reaffirm our commitment to the independence of the Reserve Bank and our support for the inflation targeting framework. 
So yes, there's there's broad bipartisan agreement that that two to three percent inflation target works. There has been a bit of debate over the years about whether it should be a, a, a wider target, um, you know, perhaps going a little higher than three percent. But no, the the review has has determined that that has been a very successful uh, target, and that should remain in place. The Reserve Bank Governor Philip Lowe agrees that it should remain in place. And similarly, I mean, this this review does point out that over 30 years, the Reserve Bank's done a very good job. Yes, there are problems over the last few years that we've discussed, but it's done a very good job. The independence of the Reserve Bank has been critical to that as well. Mm. And in fact, it's recommending strengthening that independence, removing a power that the government has, but that isn't really used. And that's a power to override uh, a Reserve Bank decision. So that would go and that would strengthen the, uh, the, um, the role of the RBA. So cementing its independence even further. It's a pretty big review, isn't it? It's it's significant and it's not that flattering a critique of how the RBA functions at the moment. Well, you're right. It, it's a very important review. There hasn't been one for about 40 years. And mm. these will be, uh, these recommendations once enacted, some of the biggest changes uh, since the early 90s when the Reserve Bank gained its full independence. And it is, uh, you know, while acknowledging the bank's done a very good job over 30 years, it is critical, as I say, Mm. both around its decision making, once inflation was really starting to take off Mm post-COVID, its misjudgment on that front, its communication, that that misguidance it gave about keeping rates. Interpretation, particularly the guidance around those rate rises not coming into effect to 2024, that was raised as a key issue. It has been an issue and we've responded to it publicly a number of times. We put out a review of our approach to forward guidance and that the, the way it, um, it communicates after each board meeting would also change under these recommendations. Regular press conferences, speeches, mm. far more transparency around n- not just the governor's view- views but the whole board's views. The way the board operates is that they've appointed me as their spokesperson for monetary policy and the review panel is recommending that um, the board members also speak on, on the economy and monetary policy at least some occasions and if the board decides that, that would have... Look, Philip Lowe has welcomed all this. He's very open to all of this. Uh, he has been very cooperative through what must have been a very uncomfortable process for him personally. Mm. I would note the Review and the Treasurer are being careful not to criticise him personally too much. And there is still a question mark as to whether he will continue in the role uh, once his current term expires in September. It's entirely up to the government whether I, whether I continue to serve in this role after September. If I was asked to continue, I would. If I'm not asked to continue, I'll find another way to contribute to Australian society. Mm, Okay, so no decision on that uh, at the moment. So let's look at what comes next then, Speezy, because obviously there'll need to be some legislation. And the Treasurer, Jim Chalmers, has really pointed out how crucial, how critical bipartisan support is in relation to changes to the RBA board and how it operates. Yes, and I think he's right. Bipartisanship is critical on this. We've seen the government over the past year um, having to do a lot of things without bipartisan support from the coalition. It's climate targets, it's climate policy on the safeguards mechanism, it's manufacturing policy, all sorts of things. Not to mention the Indigenous voice, it's you know proceeding with that without bipartisan support. Mm. But on these changes to such an important institution as the Reserve Bank, Jim Chalmers really has gone out of his way to try and get bipartisanship locked in from the get-go. 
Jim Chalmers and Angus Taylor, you know, they don't, they don't share views on a lot of things, but it seems like there is broad agreement uh, on the direction of these sorts of recommendations. Angus Taylor's, yeah. you know, said that they need to go through their own processes in the coalition, but he is broadly supportive of the direction being suggested here. That is going to be critical. Yeah, exactly. Let me ask you, Spearsy, though, this is the most important thing, isn't it, for Australians? How will they be better served? What does it mean, do you think, for interest rates and how they're set going forward? Well, it will hopefully mean, uh, as the Treasurer has said, a more effective, more transparent and more independent Reserve Bank that has more expertise around these decisions on interest rates. And you would think that's only going to be a good thing for uh, Australians and for the Australian economy. That's the aim here through making all of these various changes, most notably bringing in more experts on monetary policy to make these big calls um, that clearly over the last few years we have seen uh, some mistakes made. David Spears is the host of Insiders. Catch it on ABC TV on Sunday morning at 9 o'clock or on iview. This episode was produced by Flint Duxfield, Veronica Appap, Sam Dunn and Chris Dengate, who also did the mix. Our supervising producer is Stephen Smiley. Over the weekend, catch This Week with Melissa Clark for more analysis on the shake-up of the RBA. I'm Sam Hawley. ABC News Daily will be back again on Monday. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to an ABC podcast. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.